This is episode 9 of One Page at a Time, Getting to Know Overdrive and Libby with Adam Sokol. Podcasting from Virginia and Dubai. This is One Page at a Time, where we bring you strategies and resources for using books in your home. We are your hosts, Jill and Amanda. All right. So this week's interview is one that I'm really excited about. I say that for every them. I don't, I, but I don't know what else to say because I genuinely am really excited about this one. <laughs> and it's kind of a fun one because it came about through another interview. So this is kind of the first one, the first episode that we have that, that was born in a different episode. Like everything else we sort of research and come up with the ideas and stuff. But this one was during that that interview with with the Family Looking Up podcast, and we came up with this idea, and we wanted to know more about Overdrive and Libby, and so you like took that bull by the horns, and you <laughs> found us someone to talk to, and he was so excited to talk to us, and it just turned into the most delightful conversation. I mean, it can be really difficult to find people who are, I guess, confident enough with their voice or whatever, for whatever reason, it can be sort of difficult to find people who are willing to talk about, especially technical and nitty gritty things. But then I stumbled across Overdrive's podcast and I said, if there is anyone who is comfortable enough to come on a podcast and it's going to be podcasters. So I was really excited, stars aligned. And Adam was so gracious and it just, you're right. He's a fun guy. He's got a great personality and we'll, you know, be talking a lot more about his podcast later, but we, so we send out a Google form to our upcoming guests and it's just a questionnaire to ask them different things. And reading Adam's submission was like reading poetry and I got sucked into his blog post on Overdrive's website. Adam has a way with words for sure. And we include a chance for the guest to ask us any questions in this form. Usually people ask us technical questions or they just leave it blank. But Adam really surprised me. And he asked us questions about us. And it was heartfelt and touching. So I thought, Jill, before we start this interview, we could really briefly answer his questions to us, if that's okay. What do you think about that? Yes, I think that's a great idea. All right. So this is for you, Adam. We really appreciate that you came on. (laughs) So first, your question was, why did you want to do a podcast? So Jill, why did you want to do a podcast? (laughs) Originally, I wanted to do a podcast because my friend Amanda asked if I wanted to do a podcast with her and I wanted to talk to my friend Amanda more often. So I told her, sure, why not? I'll do a podcast. But then as we got into it, I love books. I love reading. I love libraries. And so as we've got into it and we've done more and more interviews, I am genuinely loving this process and I'm learning a lot and I'm getting excited to share information. And so I guess there's dual answers. I'm I'm doing a podcast so that I get to spend more time talking to my friend Amanda who lives halfway across the world. But also I'm doing a podcast because I love reading and I want everyone else to love reading too. <laughs> you you want to indoctrinate them. No, uh, so, I do. So that's more of my um so I originally had this idea to start the podcast and I really do feel like books can improve our lives in so many untapped ways that there's a lot of potential 
for books that people don't necessarily think of or use in their lives. And so I really wanted to approach professionals from all different areas and all different and really dig around to find different resources, different strategies so that it would be easy, it would be fun, it would be beneficial. And really everyone who would listen to our podcast would want to um, take things away from what they heard and to improve their lives and their family's lives. And so question number two, is how did you meet and get started? So we just kind of covered the how did we get started with the podcast, but Jill, how did we meet? Tell us our, our love story. <laughs> we met in the back rooms of the Anacostia Community Museum in Anacostia neighborhood of Washington, D.C. So we were both interns at that museum for a summer. I had just finished grad school and you were in between years of school um, doing your undergrad. And um, it's like the Anacostia Museum is a very obscure kind of out there Smithsonian branch. And so most people know about the Smithsonian's on the, at the mall in DC, but there are, I guess, satellite, they're not really satellite, but there are other branches of the Smithsonian all throughout the city. And we were at the Anacostia branch, which is across the river. We were. So you were doing kind of community outreach type things. I was in the archives, but we connected. We just, we liked each other. We were similar. We were both new in a new city and we were ready to take the city for storm or take the city by storm. So the last question that Adam asked is what brings you joy? reading <laughs> and with just kidding actually not just kidding 100% reading but also food I love food I love delicious food when my kids want to come and like give me hugs or cuddle or do something on their own like it's not me asking it from them they want and come and ask me for it um, my sisters and my parents they give me so much joy and uh, not winter weather <laughs> Those are all great things. So what brings me joy? Um, food. I am a big cook. I like to cook and I like to eat. And I love cats. My children bring me joy as well. And my daughter reading is also... And it brings me joy. Um, I love gardens. I love flowers that are purple or white. I love mountains and rivers and trees and it's great that I live in the middle of a desert where there are none of those things. <laughs> so I, but you appreciate them all the more. When it's you true. Them. I really do. And of course I like reading. So, but I'm kind of like a, a recovering readerlessness. Uh, that didn't make sense. I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a it's, word. It's really not. And says. it shouldn't even be a word because it doesn't make any sense. How about a recovering non-reader? There you go. I'm a recovering non-reader. There was a large gap in my life that I was not reading for myself. And I am just now coming back into that. I've always appreciated books, but there was right around high school, or I guess it was junior high, I just kind of stopped reading for fun. And then I only recently picked it back up again. And that brings me joy. You picking your books up. Again. Your book recommendation brought me joy. <laughs> in, oh, I'm so glad. in DC. I've got lots more where those come oh, from. Oh yeah. No, you introduced me to Mary Roach and for that I am eternally yes. grateful. She is yes. a go-to and I also consider my love affair with Malcolm Gladwell to be rooted in that because I searched for authors who write like Mary Roach and 
it led me to Malcolm Gladwell and all of the wonderfulness that they write. Oh, yes. They bring me joy. So. So much joy. And with that, we should probably give everyone else the joy of listening to Adam because this is a delightful, delightful interview. Indeed. Let's go. Today's guest surely must be constantly with his nose or his ears in at least one book. He manages the social media for Overdrive, which makes us want to hire him to fix our flimsy attempts at booting up our Instagram. He is also a co-host of Overdrive's upbeat and catchy podcast called Professional Book Nerds, where he gives amazing book recommendations by the bucket load alongside author interviews. He cooks, he runs, he has a wife, he has two dogs, and at the time of this recording, I believe his favorite book is The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. We are thrilled to pick his brain about all things Overdrive and the related Libby app today. Welcome, Adam Sokol. I have to tell you, I've listened to some of your other episodes and got really excited when I heard all of your intros. And that was, of all the people who have done an introduction for me on their podcast or otherwise, that was the most charming. So thank you. That was wonderful. (laughs) Oh, well, that, that makes me feel good. No, we're so excited to have you on here. And a little bit before the recording, we were talking about how we came up with this idea to do an episode on Overdrive. And I have been falling in love with your podcast just from, I mean, I keep choosing the episodes that have book recommendations. (laughs) So, Uh but I just love them so much. And you and your co-host, Jill, I also love that we both have Jills as our co-hosts, but <laughs> but you Jills make the best co-hosts. It's just true. It's true. You guys just do a fantastic job of describing books, and like I think you bring books out of obscurity that no one would know about otherwise, and you just have glowing recommendations for them and make everyone want to read all the books, and it's just a fantastic podcast. So, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will be happy to nerd out about, nerd out about our podcasts and books and, and all things. But no, that means a lot. Um, just you know, quickly, we spend way more hours than I'd like to admit on our podcasting is how it's the secondary part of both of our jobs. So it is nice that people are finding books out of it. So we appreciate that. Oh, it's it's a great it's a great resource, and we'll link to it on our show notes as well. And hope that lots of people go over there, head on over. Well, we wanted to start with Overdrive and Libby, and I have lived outside of the country for almost a decade now. And sorry, outside the country being the US. I am American born, raised there, but I've lived outside the country (laughs) for almost a decade. And there are a lot of things that are mainstream now, like Venmo and Uber and all of these things that I don't even know about. And I feel like audiobooks weren't as big a thing then when I lived in the States as they are now. Or maybe I was just too far in the cornfields in South Dakota. I don't know. But (laughs) the first time I heard about Overdrive was when we were doing an interview with the ladies from the Family Looking Up podcast here on on our podcast. And it turned into this long discussion that overflowed after we stopped recording. And I mean, Jill and these women were just back and forth with all these questions. And I was extremely intrigued, a little confused. So Adam, can you help me out and explain what Overdrive is 
And then maybe what Libby is, is kind of a, a tag along there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Overdrive is the company that I, I work for. And what we do is we work with libraries and schools all around the world to provide access to ebooks and audiobooks to readers, no matter what age they are. So we work with about 43,000 libraries and schools all around the world. Um, if you are listening to this and you're U.S.-based, we work with about 95% of public libraries in the United States. So you likely have access to our content if you are a United States uh, citizen, even if you're not living in the U.S. Uh, if you have access to a library card from a, a library in the U.S., you can borrow ebooks and audiobooks on your phone, tablets, devices, uh, anytime, anywhere. So Overdrive is our company, and the original app was called the Overdrive app. And again, that gives you access to borrowing books 24-7 right on your, your phone or device. Uh, a couple years ago, we created a new app called Libby, which does the same thing as the Overdrive app, but uh, much easier and much more streamlined. And the reason being, people ask all the time, why are there two apps? And it's a totally understandable question. Uh, when we wanted to update the Overdrive app before Libby existed, we got a ton of user feedback. And what we did with that feedback is realized it would be easier for us to build an app from the ground up than it would be for us to kind of gut the Overdrive app and then start from scratch using it. So the Libby app came into uh, creation. And the reason that there's still two is there's a few things on the Overdrive app that aren't in Libby yet. Uh, one of the things being it's a little bit more accessible for screen readers and things like that. So people who might have uh, a disability, uh, you know, a visual disability, the Overdrive app works a little bit better for them. But Libby is a lot easier. It's a lot more streamlined. So what you do is you download Libby and then you can put in your zip code or if you happen to know your library, uh, you put in that information and then it's going to show you the thousands and thousands of books that your library or school happens to have. Um, and from there, you just kind of browse like you would in a physical library or a bookstore and you peruse the collections they have and uh, you can sample books. You can read up to 10% of a book before you actually borrow it. Um, you can place holds on books that are currently unavailable, which we can get into because I know that's confusing because they're digital. Um, but yeah, it's just a way for you to have access to books 24-7, whether they're ebooks or audiobooks. Um, audiobooks are extremely popular because of the fact that in the past, people had to put you know 25 CDs in their car to listen to an audiobook, and now you can just borrow the MP3s, and uh, it's basically... Uh, it, it's there for you, you know, anytime, anywhere. I I, re, I literally listen to probably two to three audiobooks a week just because I'm in the car or with my dogs, as you mentioned, or running. Um, so it, it's a huge way for me to kind of beef up my reading. And then I have countless ebooks as well. So it's not meant to replace physical books. People get a lot, uh, get very high and mighty about <laughs> their physical book collections. Uh, we would never try to replace physical books. In fact, if you were to come to my house or to our our, uh, our office, you would see stacks and stacks of physical books. Um, our service is meant to be a nice kind of uh, co-pilot with physical reading. So it's it's there to provide you content that you can access anytime. You know, maybe you are an insomniac like me and you want to borrow a book at two in the morning. You can do that, um, whether you're traveling abroad or if you're even sitting in line at a school waiting for your kid to come out, uh, you can borrow something right then and there. So that's kind of the uh, quick two minute what Overdrive and, and Libby is. Um, and yeah, I, I know you have a bunch more questions for me, but that's kind of like the, the jumping off point. Okay, so I know that it started in the US and it's a US focused 
thing, but do you have international access and reach as well? We do, yes. So our service is in about 62 countries. Uh, We have content available for libraries and schools to add in over 200 languages. Um, It did start in the U.S. And like I said, we're in just about every U.S. public library. We're in the majority of Canadian public libraries. Uh, And then we started moving international. Um, Our chief sales operator is actually German. So we have a high amount of German libraries. Uh, All of Sweden uses one library system, which is pretty unique. And we happen to have that particular library as a partner. Um, We have hundreds of libraries in Australia, New Zealand. Uh, The company that actually owns Overdrive is called Rakuten, and they're based in Japan. So we have a lot of uh, Japanese and Chinese libraries that use us. And we're continuing to uh, to expand kind of all over. Uh, We work in Sharjah and uh, England, all most of the UK, uh, South America. So kind of slowly but surely uh, sort of trickling through the the whole world. But yeah, our biggest areas are going to be North America, Australia, New Zealand, and then uh, the UK. Those are kind of the, the big ones where you have a, a really good chance of finding your library having our service. That's amazing. I had no idea that the reach was that was that big. Um, and for those who are from Dubai, I was able to find that there are two libraries here. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit later because I wasn't entirely sure how that works. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But when I was doing the research before this episode, I did a simple Google search, you know, something or other generic about like, I don't know, overdrive something or other. And then I got lost in that rabbit hole where, you know, on Google, where there's more questions that keep popping up. And I wanted answers to all of them. I was like, oh, I want to know. And so, you know, then you start like clicking that little down arrow and you read the little answer. I'm like, oh no, I want to know that one too. And so I just like, oh man, it was, it was intense. But so I want, (laughs) I wanted to ask you some questions in a sort of speed round session. Mm -hmm. And so I have 13 questions. Do you think, are you ready for this? I'm I'm so ready. You've come to the right place. I have been at this company nine years, so I think I can answer just about all of these. So we're gonna I'll rapid fire some quite some answers for you. I, I hope I hope so. Um, I'm not trying to stump you with any of these. These are directly <laughs> from Google. So <laughs> okay, all right. If you're ready, I don't know if we should time you or just go for it. But <laughs> okay, well I do. I can see the counter on our recording right now, so I, I feel I feel like it's almost like a pseudo, but I feel like I can get through these pretty quickly. So if you want to, it'll be like a little, a nice little fun game for us here. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Set? Yes. How many books can you check out on Overdrive at a time? It depends on the library. Some libraries have you do five to 10, others have you uh, do as much as 50, but it always matches what your public library has for the physical, the books you can borrow. Wow, 50. Okay. Can I use Overdrive on my Mac? Yes. Is Overdrive being replaced by Libby? No, we're always going to support the Overdrive app, even if we aren't updating it as frequently as we are Libby. Can I use Overdrive without a library card? You will need a library card. We're a service offered through public libraries, but there's some workarounds like using a family's library card or maybe a friend's, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> is We'll circle back to that one. Is Libby by Overdrive free? <laughs> it is completely free. Does Libby sync with Overdrive? It does. You can listen or read books on one or the other, and it'll match up and find, remember where you're at on the other app. Does Libby automatically return books? It does. 
How do I add more libraries to Overdrive? There is a button in both Overdrive and Libby that says add a library. You go and search the library that you're looking for. And then as long as you have a library card for that library, you put that in and you are good to go. Does Libby search all libraries? It is going to very soon. Can you renew books on Libby? You can. It'll give you a... uh, a a request to do that within three days of your book being returned, and then you can renew it for another, uh, you know, 14 to 21 days, depending on your lending period. There's a caveat to that one, unless somebody already has it on hold. You'll still renew it. It'll put you back. Yeah, it'll put you back on the holds list. I was trying to go fast. I know, I know, but that kid, it trips me up all the time. So people need <laughs> right, to know. That is totally fair. Okay, three more. Does Libby sync across all devices? It does, yeah. As long as you're logged in to Libby on those multiple devices, it'll remember wherever you're at. Where does Libby download books? This is a weird question. I, I want to circle back on this. I don't know what they mean. So we have like over 3 million books available for libraries and schools to add to their collection. And depending on what your library has purchased for your collection, that's what you can borrow. As for downloading it, it's basically a EPUB or an MP3 file that gets downloaded to your phone, but then it's deleted after it gets returned. And the file is tiny, so it doesn't take up any space. So I I don't know if I'm answering that question right, but I think I am. But yeah, I I think so. Because on the drop down thing on Google, it was talking about the devices that it goes to. So Okay. okay, last one. Can you borrow picture books or comic books on Overdrive? Absolutely. All right. Ding. I don't know what that time was. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I felt like I didn't do great. I feel like that I was I was rambling too much, which is just like the story of my life. Well, but there it was actually just under oh, four minutes. So, so I think wrap it at all. Right. I, I let you get it down. No, I don't think so, because I kind of mentally noted the ones that need a little bit of a longer explanation. So (laughs) we can go back and and kind of talk about those things. But we already know about the overdrive being replaced by Libby and everything. But let's delve into a couple of these. So how do you set up or get set up with an overdrive account? What apps do you need? Is it location specific sort of a thing? How do you actually get started? Yeah, so you'll download the Libby app. I'm not even going to talk about the overdrive app because I want your new users and new, new people to download the Libby app because it's way easier. And then you just put in your zip code and it'll provide you the library that uh, works in that zip code. So it'll basically show you your library. And when you tap that as the library that you want to use, it'll remember it for you. So you don't have to do that multiple times. Um, and then you put in your library card. If you don't have one, uh, one of two things will happen. One, it'll explain to you the best, fast, the quickest way to get a library card from your library. A lot of libraries that you do it online, which is nice. Um, but we also have a service called Instant Digital Card, where we work with about 35 to 40 library systems who have added this. And we'll actually give people that are in those service areas a library card right off of their cell phone number. So they don't even have to get up off the couch or anything. So yeah, all you do is you find the library that you are interested in using. But again, we'll we'll help you with an area code or a zip code um, so you know which ones you're looking for. And then, yeah, from there, it's pretty much just look at all the books they have available. You know, you can do searches for specific authors or books or genres, anything like that. And yeah, then you just kind of start browsing and enjoying books. Great. Um, what does that look like internationally? So it's it's the same user experience. It just depends on what that particular library has in their collection. You know, I, I live in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're fortunate where we have a uh, globally recognized award-winning libraries here. And so a lot of our library systems might have 
200 to 250,000 books, whereas, you know, a much smaller library that might just be getting started with Overdrive might have a couple thousand. So really, you just have to find the library that your that supports your area, and then you can see everything that they have available because it, it does vary library to library. Okay, so, so you download an app, and you can get that on Android, Apple, whatever. Yeah, so the the Libby app is on any any device that you could possibly own, except Blackberries, which I don't. You know, we don't have too many people that use Blackberries anymore. But yeah, any Android or iOS device, you'll be good to go. Okay, uh, Jill, you've got a thought. I did have a thought. So um, I am I'm a former librarian, so I've I've got I love libraries, and so I just wanted to point out as well. As people as are getting started with Libby and they have, they go and they find the library system that they're a part of. And maybe like for me, I live in a really small town. And so our library is kind of on the smaller side. Um, but I've kind of looked around and there are counties around me that if you're in a neighboring county, you can still get a library card at that library, even though you don't live in the county. Um, and so for people who are just getting started and maybe, you know, not sure where to turn, they have their local library, but look outside of that as well. Maybe look at libraries around you and see if there are any that offer cards to you, even if you don't live in that area. I will add to that. There's also a few different types of libraries that if you have the means, some of the larger library systems uh, will actually let you buy a library card every year. Like I think Free Library of Philadelphia is one of them. And I think it's like 50 bucks and you have access to all of their services. And then there's other places like you know, I mentioned that I live in, in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio has Cleveland Public Library and also Cuyahoga County, which is the county that Cleveland is in. I have access to both of those because of where I live. So if you live in some place like Los Angeles, there's the LAPL, but there's also the LA County. So definitely just poke around and see what's available to you. Um, the nice thing about every library having their own collection is if you do have access to multiple library cards, you're going to have access to multiple library collections, which is nice. So then when, for myself, for example, I live in Dubai and I am from the U.S. I have a permanent residence in the U.S. that's registered, but I don't have a library card. Would I go through my permanent residence then and have access to Libby's network that way? Or would I need to go through somewhere here in Dubai? So because you have a, a permanent residence in, in the U.S., you can use that. Uh, we actually have lots of people who do that exact type of thing. Uh, a perfect example is there's a, a very popular young adult uh, and adult author. Uh, her name is Victoria Schwab. And I interviewed her. She lives in um, Scotland full time and her parents live in France, but she's originally from uh, Tennessee. And so she has library cards literally from all three countries. Um, so as long as you have a permanent residence, even if you don't have a library card right now, what I would do is contact the library that services that permanent residence and let them know, you know, hey, I don't live there. I live abroad, but I have a permanent residence. This is my my information. And they'll be able to get you a library card. They might ship it to you. They might just email you the, the numbers. And then you can use that, uh, that account that they have in the U.S. Um, 24-7, no matter where you are in the world. That's amazing. Do it, Amanda. I will. You will not be sorry. Jill's right. Do it. So I... I am curious, and I know that there are some people here that don't have a permanent address, say, in the U.S. at all. Would they be able to just kind of 
choose where they're from or is there any way that they might have access to somewhere? Sure. So the the thing about our company is we are a service offered through the library. So you will need access to a library that offers our services. Um, what we always tell people, if they go to their library and their library doesn't offer the overdrive services, you know, through through the Libby app, we just tell them to recommend to the library that they add our services. You know, we're a global company, as I mentioned before, and so we have access to working with people all around the world. Um, we're a decent-sized company now in the sense that we have sales reps all around the world, and we will work with those people. Um, but at the end of the day, we are we're still a for-profit company, so we do need to be. Uh, working with places that are, are paying for the service. And that's what libraries do is they purchase the service through us and then they go and they purchase the content through us that they make available to their their end users. Um, the majority of that, those content purchases go to the publishers. We don't see very much of that. But um, yeah, you do have to work through a library that is connected to Overdrive. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, it's not our kind of company policy to tell people this, but if you have a um, a family member or a friend who has uh, a library card that is with a library that, that uses Overdrive, that's that's a nice starting point. But we always recommend having them suggest to their library that they add our services. Um, that way they can, you know, the more times people tell that to a library, the more likely they are to listen. And that's one of the really great things about libraries is they actually take recommendations like that, whether it's for adding a new service like ours, or even something as simple as adding a new book to the collection. You know, we have a a recommend to library feature where if you're not seeing a book that your library should have or that you want to read, you can actually recommend it to your library right in our services. So that's the nice thing about libraries. Um, but yeah, you do need to have a connection to a library that uses our service. That's that's great. I didn't know that you could recommend it. So now I know to go to my daughter's school and say, hello, you should get this. Oh yeah, just just pester them a whole bunch. That they, they they will eventually listen. Just wear them down. I, I will do my best. <laughs> so, is there a limit unofficially? Because we are not officially talking about this, but unofficially, is there a limit to how many people can be using your library card number? <laughs> unofficially, there is not. Okay. Um, I mentioned earlier that some libraries offer up to fifty titles that you can borrow. I said that number because that's one of my libraries, uh, and I will happily tell you that both of my parents and my wife all use my my library card because even though I am the heaviest of heavy readers, I do not read 50 books at a time. So there is no limit. Um, you know, that's we always say that somebody it'd be great if somebody had their own library card each time, but that's okay. And if you, if you say have a, a son or daughter who has their own library card and you want them using your device so that you know what they're looking for, you can have them, you know, you can toggle to their library card really quickly and you can set up like, I don't want them looking at adult content or anything along those lines. So you can kind of set up restrictions and, and things like that. If you have multiple cards, but to answer your question, um, kind of a don't ask don't tell situation with us but like yeah if you're using the service we just assume you are who you say you are <laughs> well that that's it's really good to know because we just don't have access right now here so mm -hmm. it is you know i i won't ask and i won't tell well i did ask but i won't ask. at the end of the day you're still supporting a library service and the library will appreciate that because the more people that use a service and the more circulations they show, the more uh, funding they can ask for from their various 
uh, governments. So it's all good things and, and you're reading books. So, you know, reading books is a good thing. Fabulous. Okay. Oh, Jill, you've got another thought. I do. Just your, um, I'm sitting here on my Libby app now. You mentioned the the limit and I got curious and I was trying to figure out my limit because I've never been able to hit it and now I kind of want to, but I don't, is there a way on the Libby app that you can see the limit or do you just have to go to your library <laughs> website and find out what that is? So if, if you open up the Libby app and there's, you'll see Libby's face on the top right hand corner. Oh, oh, I got her. If you tap her face, there's going to be a button there that says see library cards, probably like in the middle of your screen. Mm-hmm. And if you tap that, it'll show you the library card and it'll show you how many loans you have currently. Oh, oh, got it. There it is. I've seen that before. It's just never registered. Okay. Excellent. It's right there. Absolutely. Yeah. I not only I'm, it's like one of those nerdy old commercials that you heard about, like the hair club for men thing. Like not only am I, you know, a member of this company, I'm also a massive user. So I can probably (laughs) answer most questions about Libby. Yeah. In real time. Well, that kind of segues into, could you give us maybe two or three reasons that someone should use Libby or Overdrive? Oh man. Two or three. Okay. Yes. So one I will say is just the overall, con- a general one is just the overall convenience. Um, having access to books, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, is something that I've been, I've worked here almost a decade and it still remains like magical to me that I can, like I said, be up at two in the morning and borrow something to read that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to. Um, something else that I will say is all of the reading options that you have have literally changed people's lives. Um, we have a dyslexic font. And so I've been able to tell people in person at book events and book festivals, I've been able to show them that dyslexic font because they told me that they have a, a child who has dyslexia and they've never been able to finish a book. And so seeing them, like their eyes light up when just knowing that they have access to start reading books they weren't able to otherwise, it's just amazing. Um, and then something I will say, is audiobooks, again, just like a general one. Audiobooks are incredible, and they very much count as reading. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's an incredible way to listen to stories that you might not have time to sit down and and read in person otherwise. And uh, you can get through books a little bit more quickly because you can speed up the audiobook if you want. But just there's nothing like sitting in traffic and not being actually angry because you're enjoying (laughs) a story. Um, So those would be three quick ones that I would say for you. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Can we talk a little bit more about the dyslexia font? Yeah, bit? absolutely. Um, so what are the specialized fonts or um, things that help readers? Uh, you had mentioned in a message earlier that there's also uh, the possibility to enlarge the font. Can you talk to us a little bit about yes, those options? Absolutely. So if you are going into a book uh, in Libby, there is a button that will say reading settings. And reading settings lets you do a couple of different things. One is it lets you enlarge the font or make it smaller if you're a monster and want a ton of tiny font on there. Um but this is great. We've literally we've had people tell us that they um, have degenerative eye diseases and they haven't even large fonted uh, books weren't good enough for them. So they hadn't read a book in like a decade. And because of this text scale change that you can do in Libby, they've been able to discover books again. and They've been able to read for literally the first time in a decade. Um, something else you can do is you can adjust the lighting. Something that's really big right now in the most recent iOS update and Uh, a lot of other places is dark mode. People love having the dark background. Um, You can adjust Libby so that it's a dark background as well, and it'll show you the the text in white, so it's a little bit easier on your eyes. Uh, And then every single book is going to come with 
multiple uh, book designs is what it's called, but it's really just the font of the text. And one of them is called Open Dyslexic, and it's the the top like approved dyslexia font. And what it does is it kind of changes um, the way that the letters are shaped so that it's much more easy for someone with dyslexia to to, uh, differentiate between various letters which might trip them up. And um, it's just, it's a really, like I said, it's a really kind of magical thing that people are able to do. Um, A nice thing about Libby is if you're in there and you tap her little face in the top right-hand corner, there's a, a help and support button there. And so we have a a million articles that will walk you through if you're looking for something, you can search for it, but you also have 24-7 access to real life people at our company that can walk you through stuff. So there's a million different ways that you can use it to better access books. Um, You mentioned children's books earlier. There's actually a bunch of books in here that are called read-alongs that if you have a child who's very young, the book will actually read out loud to them and it'll help them follow along and stuff. There's there's a, a million different ways you can use it, which is great. And it's really, it's all about just making sure that, you know, whatever whatever reason you may struggle to read a, a traditional book, uh, we have something there to kind of help out and, and make it easier for you. I had no idea about those read-alongs. I've used this app for several years and I love it. And I just searched read-along and I'm super excited about that. So even someone who loves it and uses it, there are things about this app that you don't know yet. You are going to love those. There is um, a lot of them have like whole casts. Like there's some ones, I don't know if you're a big Star Wars fan. I'm not personally, but everyone in our <laughs> office is. And the Star Wars ones have like the actual Star Wars cast and the Star Wars music. And yeah, there's no there's some really, really cool read-alongs. My, I have young nieces and nephews and they uh, they've been Libby and Overdrive users like since longer than they can remember because we've been playing them read-alongs since before they could read. That is awesome. And I, my oldest is six and we're still working on the whole reading mm-hmm. thing. And so I've just like, we're working right now on his reading comprehension. He's getting good at sounding out words, but he needs to get better at actually like registering what he's reading. And so I feel like these read along things are going to be huge oh, for him in working. Absolutely. On and even, you know, you mentioned young kids. We have a lot of young parents at our office who talk about the fact that like, if you are pulling a physical book out of your little library that you have for your kids at night, you know, there's only so many times you want to read Pete the Cat or, you know, I'm a massive Dr. Seuss fan, but you don't want to read all the places you'll go every night. So just the ability to look at your son or daughter and say, hey, what kind of story are you in the mood for? And they could say, you know, I want to SpongeBob or Dora the Explorer or something as, you know, generic as like Princess. And you can search for it. You can find a new book to read. So you as a parent aren't kind of going crazy doing the same voices and sound effects every night. That is awesome. I have I have a lot of sisters like I've talked about. And so I'm definitely going to let them know about this. Little <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, just the breadth and the access that this app is able to give people to books you know, from the middle of the night, like what you were saying, or to people like me who don't have libraries. So we can't take our kids there and expand our physical kids libraries. You know, our repertoire is limited to whatever we have. And, you know, the once a week, one book limit that our schools give. This is just incredible. And what you can do with it, it's amazing. Yeah, we, we are very, very lucky. We always joke that there's no bad days in ebooks, because at the end of the day, you know, our, our job is to promote reading in, 
you know, how, you know, who can wake up and, and be grumpy when you, when you get it's to do true. that every we, day. We feel the same thing about our podcast. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, so did we miss anything about Overdrive or Libby? Um, I mean, there's, I'm sure people will have questions and I'll be happy to afterwards. I'll be happy to get to give you guys my, my personal email. I, people can contact me with any questions they have. Um, the cool thing about Libby is it's built on a platform that lets us update stuff really, really quickly. So when something comes through that's a, a good development request, uh, we and you can do those right in the app that where you go to the help and support, you can contact our development team like directly. And when people give us good suggestions, they go right into the app. So the slightly negative part of that is that there's always more questions from people, which is okay. So any questions that people have, I'm happy to answer. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Jill, do you have anything? I don't think so. I think we've covered kind of the big ones. And like you said, I think there will be always more questions, but that's just kind of the nature of learning about yeah. a new service or a new thing. So, And we're, we're happy to answer questions too with what limited knowledge we have. And we're happy to pass people on to the better source of knowledge. Well, well. and now you guys have you guys have my direct contact info. So you can just, you can tell everyone, you can take credit for it. You can tell everyone that you're answering the questions and you can just <laughs> like send them to me and I'll give you guys the answers. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'll, I'll be looking at up um, things here in Dubai and, and kind of checking to see what what magical things we can make happen here. <laughs> so that's Overdrive and Libby, but I found you actually because I found, why well, I, I found you specifically, Adam, because I found your podcast. <laughs> I'm throwing in an edit here since recording this conversation. We decided to create a separate bonus episode about Adam's podcast, Professional Book Nerds. You can find it as episode nine and a half. Well, I've got one more question for you, but before that, we've talked a little bit about the different places that we can find out about Overdrive and Libby, but did we miss anything? Where can people go to find out more about you, Adam Sokol, but also your podcast or your website? Yeah, sure. So if you go to professionalbooknerds.com, there you'll find links to subscribe to our podcast and, and contact us and all that good jazz. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. Um, I do most of that posting. So uh, if you want to see even more bookish nerdery, you can find us there. And then on those Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, you'll find direct links to Jill and I. Um, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's genuinely just pictures of my dogs and the food that I'm cooking. Um, and whatever books I'm reading at the time. So basically more of the same plus dogs. (laughs) I like dogs. I like food. So that sounds great to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll put that information in the show notes for everyone who's listening. And then my last question for you is, do you have a takeaway or something that you would recommend that we do this week about Libby or Overdrive? Yeah, I knew this. I knew this was coming. I've been listening in and I I was excited to do this. So my kind of takeaway, my little nugget of advice to really anybody is just take some time for yourself to read. Um, Every single day, if you, whether it's five minutes while at the end of the night before you're going to bed, it doesn't have to be an ebook. It can be a physical book, obviously, or, you know, 20 minutes in the car listening to an audio book. You never know what book is going to kind of change your life and what book will give you a a little piece of inspiration that maybe you needed to keep going. Um, So just try and take that little, just like sliver of time every single day, whether you're a parent or you live by yourself or you're in a massive family or anything in between, 
just take a few minutes every day and, and read something. Um, you don't know what you don't know until you, until you find it. So spend a little time, whether it's in Libby or a physical book or however you like to read, just take some time with books. Um, stories have power and they're magical. And um, I fervently believe in the importance of libraries and books in general. So just, just take a few minutes and um, you never know what you're going to find out. Thank you so much. So I'm excited about audiobooks. I'm really excited about Libby. So thank you so much, Adam, for coming on, clearing up some things for us, helping us sort out unofficial business that needed to be addressed, and <laughs> for also giving us a little bit of an inside scoop into professional book nerds. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. And, you know, like I said, most importantly, you know, happy reading. Same to you. <laughs> All right, Amanda, that was wonderful. Adam was wonderful. So much good information and just so much love of books. It's true. And I, so coming from a place where I had not even heard of Overdrive or Libby before, I am so excited and so grateful that he was willing to come on and talk to us. But I'm going to be going around to different libraries here in Dubai and seeing what the potential would be to get overdrive here as well. So I'm, I'm excited to look into that. And I don't know, maybe even by the time this airs, I'll have some answers for people. I am so excited for you. I'm excited by this idea that you could be instrumental in kind of reaching out to these to these libraries and, and give this service that Dubai currently doesn't have. I'm also really excited for you to start looking into the Libby app. Like I'm a little bit jealous that you get to experience all this for the first time um, and get to enjoy the wonder of exploring the Libby app. Um, and I'm really excited for you to get it set up so I can send you my first recommendations of what I think you need to check out. So let me know when you're all set up and I'm going to send those over to you. Oh, oh, I will. <laughs> will do. Well, I, I wanted to end with a quote that Adam had written in um, some of the back and forth before the interview. Books matter. Stories matter. They can shape the people we become if we're read to as children. They can help us see the world through other eyes as we grow old, and they can help us escape that world if things become too hard. And I, I believe that Adam, I mean, he's clearly a poet himself, but I believe that Adam has such a deep respect for books, and it makes me so grateful that he was able to come in and talk to us it really was i am so grateful as well and so glad for everyone for listening along with us head on over there check out professional book nerds check out libby download it if you have access at all to any library and <laughs> see if your library is on there don't forget to listen to our bonus episode nine and a half to hear all about adam sokol's podcast it was great talking to you and we will talk to you again next week.